catch the Oscars last night? Leo finally won his Academy Award. Hey guys, it's another edition of the Footscast, and this week we're covering everything from the Republican debate, New Hampshire results, South Carolina results, flip-flop from last week, remember that? We also have Marco Rubio accepting the role of anti-Donald Trump, and is this nation suffering burnout, if you know what I mean. It's all coming up right here on This is Fritzcast. Happy Monday. Wow, my watch is <laughs> my watch is actually wrong. My watch says it's uh March 1st. It's actually it's February 29th. It's leap year, guys. February 29th, so first off, happy birthday to Maddie, who actually has a birthday this year. Turns four years old today, can you believe it? Actually, no, she turns four times four, but if we go by birthdays, little Pirates of Panzans here for you, if we go by birthdays, she's only four, so happy birthday. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's start with the Oscars, though, because I didn't watch the Oscars, I don't, uh, every once in a while I'll watch... I watch the Oscars. I watched a couple years ago whenever Seth MacFarlane hosted because I'm a uh, I'm a big time Seth MacFarlane fan. So I watched his and and had a couple of yucks, you know, at uh, at, at Hollywood and all that. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, I really don't put a lot in to to the Oscars anymore. Uh, I don't know if Star Wars even won anything. I don't even think they did. Uh, that that's always ticked me off. The shows that I, the the movies that I really like. Uh, they don't even get recognized for, you know, and Star Wars got recognized for the same, like, four or five categories they always get recognized for. Uh, costume design, visual effects, sound editing, and soundtrack by the masterful John Williams. And I'm not even sure if he won, which, you know, it is what it is. You can't, it's not about what you liked, it's about what uh, the Academy liked and, and selected to win, so... Is what it is, but Leonardo DiCaprio, how many years got uh, snubbed out, had to ride the wave and uh, play along and, and not get an Academy Award? He finally gets it. Uh, and not without controversy, of course, there was the hashtag Oscars So White campaign, which, you know, Chris Rock, of course, had his, his opening uh, dialogue about opportunity and all that. And it's Hollywood, man. I don't know how much more privileged you can get than making movies and making X million dollars per movie. But, you know, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm nitpicking things. I don't know. Uh, But that's the Oscars. That's all I'm going to focus on, the Oscars. Leonardo won. Claps all around. Yeah, yeah, clap it up for, uh, for Leo. Very good. But you know what I do want to applaud? And uh, big time. The Republican debate last week uh, seemed to be a a turning tide of sorts. Uh, Marco Rubio, you might know him as the senator from Florida. From Florida. Uh, That was really... That was bad. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Anyway. Marco Rubio stood up, and it appears he has accepted the role of being the anti-Trump. And it's about time somebody in the party... Uh, stood up at the platform, took the reins, and said, you know, I'm just going to punch him in the nose with it. 
uh, <laughs> it started uh, very, very subtly, and just it, it started at the debate, and Marco just rolled with it from there on out. He has like half a dozen sound bites this week alone on Donald Trump. Just listen to this bit from the debate. You may not be aware of this, Donald, because you don't follow this stuff very closely, but here's what happened. When they passed Obamacare, they put a bailout fund in Obamacare. All these lobbies to keep talking about, they put a bailout fund in the law that would allow public money to be used, taxpayer money, to bail out companies when they lost money. And we led the effort and wiped out that bailout fund. The insurance companies are not in favor of me. They hate that. They're suing now to get that bailout money put back in. Here's what you didn't hear in that answer. And this is important, guys. This is an important thing. What is your plan? I understand the lines around the state, whatever that means. This is not a game where you draw maps you around. Don't know what, it what is your plan? You what is your plan on health care? You the don't have the biggest well, problem, is he I'll give him one minute the biggest problem he's plan. got is he What's doesn't know. You know, I watched him melt down two weeks ago with Chris Christie. I got to tell you, the biggest problem he's got is he really doesn't know about the lines. The biggest thing we've got and the reason we have no competition is because we have lines around the state and you have you have that, I know, We already mentioned that as part of my plan. plan. Yeah, I know yeah. what that is. I, but what else is part of your you know plan? Much. So your only thing is to get rid of the lines around the states. What else is part of your health care plan? the lines around the states That's your only plan. And it was almost done. No, no. You know what that does? That brings in... Excuse me. Excuse me. That brings in competition. When you get rid of the lines, it brings in competition. So instead of having one insurance company taking care of New York or Texas, you'll have many. They'll compete. And it'll be a beautiful thing. Right. And... That's the only part of the plan? Just the lines, the in- interstate oh, no, competition? No, the nice part about the plan, you'll have many different plans. You'll have competition. You'll have so many different plans. But now he's I repeating think- himself. No, I'm Trump. not repeating. No, no, no. no. Four weeks ago, and I, I saw you repeat you, yourself five times five meltdown. seconds ago. I watched him. I watched him melt down on the stage like Wait, I've never seen anybody. Let's say, let's I thought he came out of the, the swimming pool. I said, "Well, let's talk, let's I talk see about him repeat himself every night. It says five things. Everyone's dumb. He's going to make America great Senator again. Rubio. We're going to win, win, win. Senator He's Rubio, winning in please. the polls. Please and the lines around the If you right. just let Mr. Trump respond to what yeah, you just posted. Yeah, he's going to give us his plan him. now, right? If, okay. you, if you could talk a little bit more about your plan. I know you talked about the interstate. No, no, uh, we're going to have many different plans Can because there's going to be competition. Uh, it again. There's going to be competition. There is going to be competition among all of the states and the insurance companies. They're going to have many, many different plans. Is there anything else you would like to add to that? No, there's plan? nothing to add. What's to add? So first off, kudos to Marco Rubio. Number one, because... I remember it was like two podcasts ago, whatever it was, uh, where I bashed him for stumbling over a line repeatedly from uh, Chris Christie. Chris Christie was challenging him, and he stumbled over those lines. And I, for me, it was a really fluttering moment for Marco Rubio. And I like I that was one of the highlight things that I said I didn't like about Marco Rubio. Well, people can turn it around and win you over. <laughs> this won me over. This made me back Marco Rubio like hardcore 
Because he stood up and he, he just started calling out Donald Trump for everything he was doing. He said, you want to joke about me repeating things? You come up here every night and say the same five things over and over and over again with no substance. And that's what I don't understand about people who like Donald Trump. There's no substance there. There's literally... You ask him for details on a plan, he can't give you details on a plan. In this very debate... I'm wondering if I should save it. I'm not going to save it. It should be it should be part of his ridiculous statements of the week, which I think I have several because I'm just I'm tired of trying to limit it to one or narrow it down to the most ridiculous one. But in this debate, they read back to Donald Trump what uh, the former president of Mexico has said over this whole "We'll make Mexico pay for the wall." He said, "quote I'm not paying for that effing wall." End quote. And Donald Trump's direct response to it was they are going to pay for it and it just got 10 feet taller. No substance to it. No plan on how he was going to do it. He was asked point blank. So when you don't get a check cut from the Mexican government to pay for the wall, what are you going to start trade wars or whatever? And he said, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, it's a good idea. Uh, I don't mind trade wars, you know, yada, yada, yada. And here's the thing. If Donald Trump were to initiate trade war- wars and tariffs and you know whatever else he has in his power to do, the only thing he's going to accomplish is driving costs up, which gets passed on to, you got it, the American consumer. doesn't get passed on to anybody else but us. So <laughs> in, in essence, we'd be paying for the wall just in a different way. Just instead of saying you were taking tax dollars to do it, it would be through costs and other things. His his plan for this Mexican wall thing is just, yes, does something need to be done about the southern border? You betcha. This is where me and libertarians differ. A true libertarian, quote-unquote, doesn't believe in, in, in border security like that. Uh, I do. I'm not—it's a little nuts. This is—I know I'm ranting here. I'm not, you know— I'm freestyling today a little bit. Just go with the flow. Part of the reason why I'm not just a self-identified, absolute 100% member of the Libertarian Party is because you can get into arguments with Libertarians about things like the border. I, I First and foremost, I believe that we are a nation, a separate entity from, you know, Canada, from Mexico, from, you know, Japan, from China, from Russia... We're different countries. Now, some of those maybe makes a little more sense in in people's minds because we don't have borders with them. We don't have borders. Well, we technically don't have a border with Russia. There is a a bridgeway that could be built between Alaska and Russia to connect it together, making epic road trips and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But the end of the day, yeah, I believe that the nation should have borders and you should be able to check people who come into your nation and who leave your nation and the reasons why. I think that's perfect, perfectly reasonable. Uh, maybe not so much leaving the nation, but I mean, if you're going into another nation, I said this a couple, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, uh, on the podcast too. I said, if I'm going into another nation from, from anywhere, I think that nation has the right to stop and say, okay, well, what are you coming in for? And then whatever reason it is, if I'm if I'm coming in for tourism, if I'm coming in for business, if I'm looking to actually relocate and gain citizenship, 
They have the right to know what I'm coming in their nation for because I am not a naturalized citizen. I'm not somebody of their kind. I don't see any objections. I don't see why anybody should have any objections to that in all reality. And that's just that's something that me and libertarians uh, differ from on time to time. Another one is, uh, is that a, a true libertarian doesn't believe in any taxes uh, whatsoever. And here's the thing with taxes. I think taxes should be low. I think taxes probably shouldn't be directly taken out of your income. I don't necessarily believe in, in an income tax. J- just because you, you, you're losing out on money already before you even get all your money. Let me just... I know I'm doing a lot of sidebars today. We'll get through. I think it spices it up sometimes not to be so formal and so laid out. But let me tell you something. I work I work for the state of Delaware. I don't necessarily, quote-unquote, like being under direct government employment. I don't. I think that private sector offers much better than, than the government ever can or should. But... Also, my government job is an essential job. There's there's jobs in the government that are non-essential. I sort of fall under this banner that there shouldn't be such a plethora of non-essential government jobs. Government jobs should be tailored down to just the essentials, meaning that we need it. And if we don't need it, then it probably shouldn't be paid for by tax funder money if it's not essential. Now... I'm essential personnel. And when I signed up, uh, I could go online to Delaware Online. I could see what my salary for the year was. I'm a yearly uh, salaried employee. It does break down to an hourly rate for taking on overtime and things of that nature. But if I work not a scrap of overtime, there's a final number that I will have made uh, in salary. Here's the thing, though. That's what's posted online. That's what the salary says. That doesn't factor in that taxes are coming out of it, that medical benefits are coming out of it, that Social Security is coming out of it, that state taxes are coming out of it. And guess what? At the end of the year, when you tally up and you look at the that end paycheck and you see how much you earned versus how much you brought home, well, let me tell you something. That brought home number, for me at least, was about $10,000 less than what the posting is. Now, mind you, I work overtime, but I work overtime to get to that posted number that was online. So I don't get that number unless I do a significant amount of overtime throughout the year. That's just one example of, of, and that, mind you, that's taxes. That is medical benefits, which I don't have to pay that much per month for or over the course of the year. I don't have to pay that much into that system to get some pretty good benefits. And that also includes things that I can't opt out of, like uh, like uh, union dues. I can't opt out of that. I'm either paying for full membership or part membership, and why would you pay for part membership in a job like this? You wouldn't. So paying for full membership in the union, I'm paying full pension even though I have no intentions of staying 25 years and collecting that pension. And I have to work 10 years to be vested to even get a piece of that pension. So, when your take-home rate is what it is, 
and you're getting it's coming out the brunt of it's coming out in taxes because if I broke down the numbers for you the numbers coming out more so in taxes than anything else especially federal taxes yeah you get a little frustrated you get a little angered but I can't fully back a libertarian stance of no taxes and it's very argumentative it's very ideological most libertarians aren't going to tell you that there's going to be no taxes. You need taxes to run the nation. You do. Period. The end. Therefore, I look toward... Remember President's Day? The President's Day edition? I told you Calvin Coolidge was uh, one of my favorite presidents. I'm going to give you a quote from his book. Quote, The collection of taxes which are not absolutely required, which do not beyond reasonable doubt contribute to the public welfare, is only a species of legalized larceny. End quote. I sort of believe that. There's wiggle room. There's some defining that needs to go on. But if taxes are being taken and they're not going to good purposes, then they're not worthy of our time or our efforts. But look at me getting ahead of myself. Let's go into some caucus results and some primary results real quick. Not even going to do the one more chance this week. We're just going to dive in and hit them real quick. Nevada for the Republicans was uh, the 23rd. Uh, Donald Trump, whoo, blowout win, 45.9% of the vote, 14 delegates. Marco Rubio sweeped up to second, 23.9% of the vote, 7 delegates. And Ted Cruz came in third, 6 delegates, 21.4% of the vote. Carson and Kasich, man, 4.8 for Carson, 3.6 for Kasich. They each get a delegate, but why are these guys still even in the race? I don't understand this. Ben Carson says enough baffling things uh, consistently now that I just don't understand how he's still in this in this race. He doesn't have momentum. He doesn't have the power or the presence. He doesn't command the attention on the stage. He's very quiet, soft-spoken guy. It's not to say that he's not good for politics per se, or he's he, that he wouldn't make a good president per se, but. He, do, he he stands up there and he's like he's like the little quiet guy in the corner. And again at the Republican debate this week, he got whiny. At one point he said, "Somebody please attack me so I can have some time to to give my thoughts." Sorry, buddy, but Trump's going to take all the time that he can get. Rubio's taking shots at Trump. Cruz is taking shots at Trump, and you haven't even come close to winning a primary or a caucus. You're not in this race. Neither is Kasich. Kasich, he swept, he swept up for number two spot. Can he do it again? Can he, can he win Ohio? I'm not sure. I don't even think the poll numbers in Ohio are in his favor. These two got to go. It really needs to boil down to a two-man race. But I'll, I'll accept the, the three versus three. I'll take Cruz and Rubio and, and Trump. To battle it out for the number one spot. Because guess what? Trump isn't solidified in that number one spot. Not by a long shot. Super Tuesday is tomorrow. And I have an announcement about Super Tuesday. Before the show ends. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more. Now South Carolina for the Democrats was a little more telling. I've got to reel it in on the attack about... uh, unfairness in the Democratic Party for a minute and the DNC and their caucuses and and all that. South Carolina, Hillary Clinton 
got 73.5% of the vote and 39 delegates. And Sanders, he only swept up 14 delegates and 26% of the vote. Ouch, you're feeling the burn and not in the right way. An article from The Hill uh, suggested that the exit polling data from South Carolina, I don't put a lot of credence in exit polling data. And I'll tell you why. It's because Donald Trump touted that he won with uh, in Nevada, I believe it was, with Hispanics, with, uh, with, with every demographic particularly, but he highlighted Hispanics. And it came to it came to be that that exit poll was a very like small, just a hundred Republican registered uh, Hispanic voters. So if he didn't, essentially, but the poll data would suggest he did. That's just one little bit about how polls are unscientific. But the Hill says the exit polls in South Carolina firmly put black voters in Hillary Clinton's camp, not Bernie Sanders' camp. But this was a crushing blow to uh, to the Sanders movement. If anything, this was outright sweep. This wasn't. This isn't about flipping coins and drawing cards uh, to win districts. This was just out and out boom. At least the Democrats split those delegates. Republican Party, did you think I wasn't going to come for you? Did you think I was just going to let you fly and walk by without anything? No, wrong. South Carolina for the Republicans uh, a week ago or two weeks ago, last week. When it was flip-flopped and the Democrats were in Nevada. South Carolina was a winner-take-all state for the Republicans. So Donald Trump got all 50 delegates. Yeah, that's kind of disenfranchising in and of itself too, isn't it? Every vote in South Carolina that went against Donald Trump, those delegates still go to Donald Trump. Sorry, Republican Party. Got to be fair. Got to split it down even Your primary process, your caucus process, is a lot better than Democrats because at least you're not drawing cards and flipping coins and uh, and asking magic eight balls who should win the district. But winner-taking-all, that's not very Democratic either. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. You need to change your process as well. But this has me wondering, is the nation suffering from burnout or is it some kind of media-generated thing uh, that's that's bursting the bubble. I mean, South Carolina, the, for Bernie to be consistently almost 50-50 in every state with Hillary Clinton, except when he crushed her the one time, to be almost neck and neck and then just tank so bad, uh, it really does, it makes me wonder, is, is the media pushing a message of his electability? And is that pushing him down? And, I mean, keep in mind, I'm no Sanders fan. But it's it's very troubling. It's very telling to me, or troubling to me, I, I should say, not telling, but it's very troubling to me that he would take such a large hit. I mean, Super Tuesday's coming up tomorrow, if you're listening on Monday. If you're listening later in this week, it already happened, and we've done the video cast on it. Ah, damn, I gave away the secret. More on that later. But Super Tuesday will be the most telling thing in this, uh, up till now, this will be the most telling. This is a pivotal moment, Super Tuesday. And what is Super Tuesday, you might be asking yourself? Well, I just so happen to be able to give you a breakdown of what Super Tuesday is. And no, it's not anything about the general election. So, Super Tuesday this year, March 1st, of course, uh, 7 or 8 p.m. is when the polls will close in most states. And those states are. 
Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Massachusetts, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, and Virginia. But the Republicans and Democrats will be holding caucuses in Colorado and Minnesota. And Republicans will be holding caucuses in Alaska and Wyoming, while Democrats will hold their other caucuses in the American Samoa. Here's the big thing, though. Um, The biggest state up for grabs? Texas. Texas. Of course, everything is bigger in Texas, and so is the delegate count in Texas. See, Texas holds 155 Republican delegates and uh, five or 252, 500, 252 Democratic delegates are at stake in Texas. Now, think of the uh, total delegate count from Super Tuesday that's available. All this is coming from uh, CBS News, by the way, just to cite my source. Uh, you talk about the Republican Party has the opportunity to win about half of the. 1,237 delegates needed to claim the nomination, and the Democratic side has 880 delegates that will be awarded. That's roughly a third needed for nomination. That's a, it's a lot of votes. And this is so pivotal because after Super Tuesday, and Super Tuesday in and of itself almost too, this is becoming more national. It's becoming more nationwide. It's not so much about okay, the delegates are going to go to this state for a week and have FaceTime with everybody that they can get FaceTime with and try to win everybody over personally and at their own rallies and and events. It's becoming nationwide now. It's not about got to win this battleground state, got to win this battleground state. It's all about winning the national view. And when you lose that one-on-one and you have to pick and choose where you're going to go and what you're going to battle over, it becomes a little bit harder to to secure the vote and to win over audiences and such. So that's why Super Tuesday is such a big, significant thing. Everything's going to swap over to a national contest and everything becomes a little bit harder. Yeah. Okay, Donald Trump's... Ridiculous Statement of the Week. Where to begin with Donald Trump this week, man? Oh, man. Honestly, I hate to see that. Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else when we're talking. And he's walking out, and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing. like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Or how about this from, uh, from Friday night last week? Uh, Trump saying debates are a terrible waste of time. Aren't those debates ridiculous, though? How about if I don't go to the next debate? Yes? And then he added, ah, no, I'll do it. Because you skip one debate, and it doesn't necessarily hurt you, but it doesn't help you either. Just me. So those are some little uh, Donald Trump ridiculous statements of the week. The debate kind of, he it's full of ridiculous statements from Donald Trump, but that's beside the point. Oh, man. So, I'm getting ready to wrap up here. We're going to do a short week this week. Why not? The only reason I'm doing it short this week, though, is uh, I was so stuffed with overtime last week that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't take in as much, media as, I, as much media as I normally do. So it was a little, little on the lighter side. Little, anybody, 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 anybody. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, but here's the thing. Super Tuesday's coming up, as I've already talked about. And I kind of already gave it away, but here it is. 
uh, on the Facebook page, and I might even upstart a YouTube account so we can do some cross, uh, you know, video casts along with the podcast, especially because YouTube's free. And everybody can access it, watch it on their phone, watch it at home, whatever. Uh, Super Tuesday, whenever the results come in, hopefully Wednesday in the morning, uh, everything's cleared up and, and known. I will do a video cast, uh, anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes, probably. I'll leave it to that. And uh, we'll take a look at those numbers, uh, commentate on them, analyze them. And we'll even go over some other the surrounding news as it pops up. It'll be something different, something fun, right? It'll be a little different Friscast. You can see me behind the behind the camera and the stupid little hand gestures that I make and the stupid faces that I make when I'm thinking of things. It'll be fun. It'll be it'll be cool. It'll be awesome. It'll be wonderful. It'll be it. We'll be it'll be the best ever, greatest ever. Nobody, everybody will love it. Nobody will hate it. And the people that will hate it, they're losers. How about that? Does that sound a little bit like Donald Trump for you? (laughs) All right, guys. Like I said, I'm cutting it short this week. But thanks for listening. First and foremost, and always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Share the podcast. Remember, it's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on SoundCloud. It is on MarshCast.com. Please visit my buddies at MarshCast.com and listen to their podcasts as well. There's a whole page full of podcasts and music and artists, and it's 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 chock full of things, man. Go look at that. Uh, remember, like and share. Look at the Facebook page. That's FritzCast, the Facebook page. You're free to click on it and like it. That's where the video cast will be. It'll also be on YouTube. Uh, if I upstart a, a Fritzcast YouTube thing, look in the comments below on this track if you're listening on SoundCloud. Otherwise, get out there and find it and spread the word like wildfire. Until Wednesday for the video cast. I'm Fritz, and this has been Fritzcast. <laughs>